What's up, everybody, and welcome to the iReach Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Robinson, founder and CEO of Construct Reach, a national consultancy and initiative that aims to diversify the construction, design, and innovation industries and empower a younger generation. Every single week, we are here merging education, industry, and culture with a variety of featured guests that you do not want to miss. So let's go. I reach. All right, guys. So we are back here with another episode, and we've got another amazing guest. Uh, we just keep them lined up for you all. Hopefully, you are enjoying this. But today, uh, we have got Mr. Chris Seville with us. Uh, Chris, hopefully, I said the last name correct, man. I am very, I'm a stickler about that. I want people to say my name correct. So. <laughs> I hear you, Paul. No, it's Chris Seville, just like the Cadillac. You, you nailed it. So um, that's the easy way to remember it. Cool, man. Uh, you my guy already. Did you know, if you didn't know, my middle name is Cadillac. <laughs> no. Are you just drive one? Both? Yeah, man. No, no, no. My uh, my middle name is Cadillac. Now, I'm a junior, so I got it by default. Nice. Uh, but my dad okay. was born in a Cadillac. And uh, I'm Paul Cadillac Robinson Jr. So, yeah, yeah, I oh. remember that last name very easily now. So, yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I, that was my nickname playing football and uh, running track, too, as well, Cadillac. So it stuck with me all throughout college. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Cadillac Robinson. All right. Cool, cool. Yep, that's that's me. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, yeah. Thank you for um, thank you for joining us today, man. Uh, listen, you know we we want to to have a conversation. Want to get a chance to to hear your story uh, as we try to highlight different stories, man, uh, within this industry of construction. And so, you know, let's jump right into it. Tell us your journey, um, how you got into into this industry. Oh man. So you know, construction has always been near and dear to the heart. You know, just. Uh, going back to Jamaica all those summers and watching the guys put up the masonry that was very common um, in Jamaica so that's where I first visualized it right um, went to college thought I was going to be an engineer uh, I graduated with my civil engineering degree Thought I was going to be working on a department of transportation as a transportation engineer or even you know a geotech engineer and uh, lo and behold all paths led right back to construction. Um, you know, so I, it was it was always near and dear. Uh, we started, uh, I started in 2011 um, in the construction industry. And I, I could, we could start from the beginning if you want, but it's really just testing construction materials as an engineer in training. And from there, it was, that was it. Mm, wow. No, that's good, man. That's good. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting, man. So, um, you know, you said as you were going back to Jamaica and you were you were able to see a lot of that construction taking place kind of right before you. Um, would you would you classify that? It's, and I, I would say so, because it's definitely it's in your story. But how how formative of of an experience was that for you? And then, like, how large of a role did that play in your gravitation toward construction? Um, you know, as as you were coming of age. Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's every summer as a kid, I used to go back to Jamaica, and, and it was really just watching the guys you know do masonry work on our uh, in our neighborhood back in Jamaica. Uh, so. 
watching the. I was literally watching the guys lay masonry, and then lo and behold, they said, "Come over here and lay some block," <laughs> you know, and uh, come over here, grab one of these, and, and put it on top, and let me show you how to do it. And, and then that's how I really started. It was really a hands-on experience, and I was like, "This is cool." Like here we are building something um, that's going to be used, whether it's a, an addition, a house, you know, it just a, it was just to me amazing, right? You use your hands and you're building it, and I think that drew me all the way in. Yeah, no, that's a uh, that's good, man, and that's a good story to share because I think construction, and, and you can let me know what your thoughts are as well, but I think construction is one of the the few kind of careers that you can have where you you actually get a chance to see the fruit of your labor at the end of every single day you know when you go in a project is a certain way but then when you leave it's a little bit further along than when you came and a lot of times we can work in in different areas and not to not to belittle any of those other areas because they're they're significant in their own right but there's a lot of things that we can dedicate a lot of time and attention to and effort to and not necessarily see if what we are contributing is actually leading to any progress oh absolutely 100 percent. you know you see the fruits of your labor right it's <laughs> You know, I, t I talk to contractors now and, you know, they they can tell you what they did that day or you can go be a real manager and check what they did. Right. It's just trust, but verify. And then you see the process and you're like, you, you go home at night. And you're like, man, you know, I'm on level three pouring concrete, you know, and, and you see that elevation go higher and higher. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's one of the uh, few industries where you can really say look at my work right even now driving down the street um you know whether it's in miami or here in west palm i see buildings that i've took part in and i look at it and it's there right so i can show it to my daughter i can show it to my mother um you know so it's, it's a bit of a legacy thing and it, i don't want to say ego uh because it has a derogatory term but it's it's almost uh feeding the ego right um to see what you have done thus far so, yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of the fruit of your labors. You actually see it um, in this industry. No, that's that's good, man. Um, you know, especially when you can point to something that creates an experience for generations to come uh, for for so many. And then being able to, like, put a tangible um you know, reference to, hey, this is what my work contributed to, and this is what I was a part of. This is what I did. This is what I designed, and this is what I built. And and having your family see that, um, those tangible examples, man, and I think that that speaks volumes. And yeah, I, I hear you with the ego thing, but I think I think it just kind of feeds into, you know, just having a sense of pride though about about what you do, what your what your work contributes to man and especially if it's something that advances society that creates a space that are memorable moments or necessary spaces that people need you know for different community members or what have you i think you do have a certain element of of pride that goes into that being a part of something that is so significant oh yeah absolutely it, you know it's the pride part um but you know just after years of experience is the people part too right so, you know, one of my sayings is always, 
you know, build buildings, build people and build relationships. Right. Um, so it, it's, you know, yes, is the pride thing, but there's a part where camaraderie kicks in as well. Um, it's a 360 of, you know, you have the people portion, you have the actual technical portion, the logical thinking, the critical thinking portion, and then the physical, you know, the physical work. Um, so you don't get that in a lot of industries, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. You know, I've grown now to to make more than friends on projects, right? Or just more than coworkers or colleagues. You know, you, you stick around, and as big as the industry is, you know it. It's small, right? <laughs> it's in your area. Everyone knows someone that knows someone, right? Um, so that, that's that's where I stand in terms of my thought process in terms of construction overall. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, that's good, man. That's well said. So when when you think about kind of your your proudest moment, because I'm gonna go I'm gonna go both ends of the spectrum here. Um, when you think about your proudest moment, right? Like what's what's been your proudest moment? Maybe proudest project or what have you. But I'll let you answer that kind of how you want to, uh, the way you're receiving that. But when, what's been your proudest moment thus far? You know, finishing up one of the biggest projects in West Palm Beach. Um, and I was, it was one of the only projects where I was on it from pre-construction all the way to receiving our, uh, certificate of occupancy. And that project is called the Bristol of West Palm Beach. And that propelled the industry for condo high rises. And at that time I was at a Suffolk construction, which is a GC general contractor down here in South Florida. Um, and I was just blessed, uh, actually, for this opportunity, um, you know, <laughs> through God's grace. So we, you know, we started this project not knowing how we were going to finish it, right? It was it was one of those projects where it looks great on paper. And then, you know, the details, as you know it, you know, reviewing shop drawings from, you know, glass, from the stone uh, in the bathrooms, the framing throughout the, the, you know, the intimate details of the uh, lobby, you know, all those came into play and you just, so many people walked away from that project. Uh, so many people, had, and to say I stuck through it was, was almost a testament of uh, my mental toughness, right? And that boosted my confidence to a whole nother level. Um, out of the project, I wanna say that it took seven years um, from plans to finishing, but through that process, I think over 22, well, it was 22 to 25 project managers and superintendents, um, just for the general contractor that actually went on, went through uh, the project and cycled out, right? And only two, three people stuck all the way through, and those are my brothers, man. <laughs> and you know, so that was my proudest moment, finishing up the Bristol, um, propelling the industry here. And then, you know, the best part about it was uh, actually bringing some inner city kids in the area to, to tour it, right? Just to show them that you don't have to be swinging a hammer. Um, you don't have to be digging a hole. You don't have to be that in construction. You can actually be a manager. You could be a superintendent. You could be a project executive one day. Um, don't stop now, right? So I think that was one of my proudest moments because it was in the backyard where I was born and raised. Um, I actually got the, you know, the community involved and then I finished, right? It's not many people who can say they finished the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, that is good, man. Starting something and finishing something that uh, that's a that's a testament in and of itself. Being able to to finish through some things, man, despite you know some of the ups and downs. That is that is very right. good. So talk to me a bit, man, about because that's that's definitely um, something that I want to put a pin in here because I think this is important. You know, with allowing construction that takes place in all communities, right? Um, to be more communal in in that process of being developed and built so that we can bring the community, educators, young people, man, behind that proverbial construction fence, if you will, to let them get exposed to what their options are. Uh, especially in the inner city, man, where, you know, sometimes it's it's only presented that there's a handful of options and we're not allowing them to have spaces and environments that cultivates so many gifts that they have that are just untapped. And so speak to me a little bit, man, about how the kids received that opportunity to to get the tour, to understand that, and then also to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, it started with at my cousin, um, Devin Lewis. He's He was a social worker in the area and he really, uh, dedicate his life to the inner city children or to the uh, at-risk youth and you know you know I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing and how beautiful this building is and I'm just like hey man I, I just I want to show the world I want to show the kids like this is amazing and he's like you know what let's let's set it up and I said all right let me work through some uh you know legality issues in terms of you know signing paperwork waivers what's the minimum age I could get them in here or what day you know where it's not too much activity going on to the, on the site and uh we and we made it happen um the marketing department uh at Suffolk teamed up with myself and then also uh Inspire Youth uh which was uh Devin's company uh and we brought the kids in you know the, these uh young adults were between the ages of 16 and 18 and they they were <laughs> they were amazed right so i don't know if you're familiar with palm beach and west palm beach where you know you have west palm beach uh and then just right over the bridge bridge two miles away you have palm beach the town which is um you know it's a, it's a high it, it's a it's a pretty, pretty high range uh, area, I don't, I don't, high profile area, you know. So these kids, some of these kids never even crossed that bridge before um, to go to the beach because they don't know if they're allowed or not. Right. And it's a free world. Of course you are. So just to bring them up to the building where you can see the west side of Palm Beach County, the east side, all the way to the ocean. Um, their eyes were so big where they never seen anything like it. You would think they were at on top of the Empire State Building. Um, they received it in a different way um, that day, you know, and just to see the joy in their eyes running through the units, you know, these million dollar condos and, and just looking at the details and the, the kitchen, the bathroom, everything um, and saying, like, people actually live like this. And, I said, yeah, you know, we don't know it, but people actually live like this. This isn't is Beverly Hills, um, but people are actually living like this. And, you know, one day you probably can too, and depending on how hard you work on it, um, you know. So it was just, it was one of those moments where I felt joy, where I finally felt like I was connected to the community, and that's huge because 
they can go back and tell if you help one person, you might be helping 10. Right. So they can go back and tell their mother, their father, their cousin, their friends, even another mentee that they're mentoring one day about that experience and what it takes. Right. And we went through the whole process of different roles um, in construction management, you know, as a general contractor. Then you have the architect design team, then you have the owners and the development team. And, you know, we dove deep. Uh, so that was that was very that was a very intimate, passionate uh, moment of mine. But it's, it's important to involve the community. You know, that a building is only a building. If you don't involve the community, it won't be a resident. Right. So, you know, my goal is to bring life to these buildings, but also add life to the city around it. Right. Um, so that, that, that's, that's where my passion lies. Well said, man. Yes. Well said. Oh man. I, I teed you up. I told you yes. we were going to swing the pendulum, man. We were going to go from one yeah. extreme to the next. I should have, I should have started out with uh, this question first, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you, we going to come yeah, down. Nah. So just as we've got our proudest moments, right? Um, oh. What has been what has been the biggest challenge? Mm, biggest challenge? Could it be the same thing finishing that building? Oh, uh, you know, you know the, the biggest challenge coming in, you know, straight in. I, I started. I didn't tell you the whole story, but um, yeah, I went from construction material testing. I'm talking about from the bottom, you know, out there testing concrete to you know getting a phone call setting up an interview and joining the pre-construction department at Suffolk as an estimator. Um, and that was, that was a challenging time because one, they really call you out if you don't know how to read plans. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a learning moment. I think that time where I first started was I was used to reading plans, you no know, more than, no more than 50 sheets, you know, and then they, they show you this big set of plans, you know, yay thick of maybe uh, 800 to 1,000 something sheets. Um, and I can remember it like yesterday, they were like, okay, you're gonna get division, you're gonna get division 10, 11, 12. And, you know, and, and I'm like, well, okay, what's in all these divisions? And I open up the spec book and I'm just like, I'm amazed, right? <laughs> but at the same time, worrisome, like, I think this is the moment where they might fire me because <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn all of this in a matter of weeks, right? Um, so the challenge—that was the most challenging moment. You felt like you were on an island when you first started, but you know, thank God for mentors. Um, that makes it—that that makes it easier for you to reach out to and ask the stupid question, right? Um, most importantly, you know, the the guy who hired me, the president at the time. You know, every time we were in a meeting, he would ask a question. It was a humbling question. I hear, they hear it from him like, oh, he doesn't know that, but I know this. You know, it was it was a humbling moment where it's like, okay, there really isn't no stupid question in construction. We're always learning. Um, so the most challenging time was just getting started um, in this different world of construction. You know, I was used to, you know, concrete additions, you know, homes, and then now I'm doing high rises um, in terms of pre-construction and estimating and i think that was the true challenge during that time you know working you know reading plans and staying there till eight without trying to look crazy or i even leave regular time with everyone and come back and then go home open up the plans go through it you know and just 
just get better at my craft at that time, you know, come in on the weekends if I can, you know, I could finish my work and still double, triple, quadruple check it. So I think those were the, the humbling moments, um, definitely challenging moments uh, that that kind of molded me into the animal I am today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good, man. That's good. No, thanks for, yeah. for sharing that. And also just the the work that it takes, man, to to develop that craft and to to get good at it, right? And to start building that that approach, man, to leading kind of with this this spirit of excellency, man, to to be good at what you do, to be a good steward over what's being given to you, because uh, it, it it does, man. It, it feels good to to know what you're doing, you know, and to be able to produce. Um, so when you think about when you think about the industry and the state of it. Like, what do you, what do you think some of the industry needs are right now, and how can how can it be better, right? So that there's more success stories like you, and there's more kids being introduced to what their options are and tapping into some of that untapped potential um, with the intentionality that construction can take in various communities. Um, what are your what are your thoughts about what the industry needs a little bit more of? You know, the industry the industry needs uh, more of a balance, right? It's uh, a <laughs> and, and it, it could go. We can talk about background race. We could talk about technology. We could. It just needs to be balanced. Where you know we've lost our way. Everything is either really you know technology advanced and driven, um, but no practical approach, right? And then you, sometimes depending on who you're dealing with, it could be the total opposite and no uh, techni technological advancement, right? So I, I think it needs more balance, more, you know, more experienced guys in the field um, to shed that knowledge for the young, ambitious one coming in. Uh, more young people to be teaching the more experienced people on how to use the technology to their ability uh, best of ability, but also to their advantage um, to make the project successful. Um, but more, you know, I'm seeing more and more uh, diversity in the industry right now, which is amazing. And that's women in it. That's women in construction. That's, uh, you know, black people, um, you know, in construction. It's, it's I think that's what we need. Everybody wants the quick money. Everybody wants to be the you know they want to hurry up and be the project executive they want to hurry up and be the president you know vice president but no one wants to do the grunt work um nowadays not necessarily with no one but it's hard to find people to do that grunt work that grind um the humbling moments you know i think that's what we need a little bit more of is just uh more people who are ready to do the grit and the grind and also definitely we're seeing more exposure um, to, you know, black colleges. Uh, you know, I remember we starting and, you know, going going to FSU at the time, we shared our school with FAMU uh, for College of Engineering, FAMU, Florida uh, Agriculture Mechanical University, historical black college, and yet Florida State University up there in Tallahassee. And, you know, we didn't really see the imbalance um really but afterwards you know and seeing these college fairs 
you didn't see the big companies going to the HBCU uh, for construction management architecture, you know, um, to recruit, right? They, they'll, they'll flock to the, you know, the PWI institutions, right? Um, so now you're seeing more of that, which is amazing, where you're seeing more colleges or more uh, companies reach out to HBCUs. Um, and I think that's where it starts because everybody who hires wants you to have experience. Um, and then you don't gain that experience, whether it's internships, um, wh whether it's uh, the first job entry uh, level uh, into some, some program, such as a project engineer. I think that's, that's becoming more common now. And I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to witness the change just from what, two, uh, 12 years ago, right now. So it, it's transformed a lot in the last 12 years. Um, but that, I think that's, uh, I think that's where we are at this point. Um, and I think it's going to only get better from here. Yeah. Yeah. Now we definitely have to, um, to keep working at it, man, you know, um, celebrating how yeah. far we have come and then recognizing that we, we still have a ways to go, you know, and to, to keep, yeah. Absolutely. You know, coming to the forefront with that intentionality, man, to to share our stories, um, have that intentionality, create that balance, you know, and, and get in front of of young people to create, you know, a, an appetite um, for for this industry mm -hmm. at a very young age during some some formative years when, you know, youth are learning about what careers exist and what they are, you know, and so being able to to be more intentional about that i, I say this all the time and it just kind of yeah, goes back to your story you know is that it's that being intentional man like this yeah, this industry absolutely. is all around us and it's happening all of the time yeah. so many different career pathways that exist that are right in our neighborhoods with buildings and roads and everything that's being developed like that's that falls under the umbrella of this industry and so it takes that intentionality, man, uh, to to kind of open those doors, be more communal with what happens in our community, to uh, for its overall sustainability yeah. and the enhancement, man, of of society and just our communities. And so, no, that is that's good. Absolutely. And just just one more thing, just to jump back into it, because here I go again. Um, you you know, I, I I say this, you know, with no disrespect to anyone. But we don't need the handout, right? We what all we're asking for is a fair chance. All we're asking for is that opportunity, the the, the learn, but more more importantly, to show that we belong at this table, right? So, you know, a lot of people in an industry comes in and it's by chance that they know someone, um, or you know, someone they called in a favor, or this was their dorm buddy, or you know. But we don't have that in our community, and all we're asking for more, more than uh, before is just just a fair shot, right? Um, give us a fair shot. I don't want it. I don't want you to lower the bar for me, or, nor for any of my people or friends and family. Like I just I want a shot, and that's it, right? So you know that's that's one thing I always want to make clear is I never lower the bar for any minority. You know, let's just uh, let's definitely give us a chance and let's make it happen. Yeah.
That's it, man. That is well said. We go let we go let it stand right there. We go let it end right there because that is that is worth everything. Um, but Chris, I, I appreciate you, man, for for being on. Uh, it was a pleasure, brother. Much success to you, and uh, thanks for thanks for just sharing your story. Absolutely, man. Anytime. I, I appreciate you, Paul, and your team. Thanks for setting this up. All right, take care. All right, take care. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into our show. Remember, like, share, subscribe to the podcast and join the movement as we reach to build a better future that we can all be proud of.